am going to fail my kids in this tremendous way. They're going to lose their mom. They're going to lose their house. I don't know where we're going to live. I don't know what's going to happen. It was the darkest day of my life. And it was also the most beautiful gift I could have ever received in my entire life. Here's what happened. Welcome. You're listening to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, and I'm your host, Todd L. Bowerly. You think between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, 98% of your life is controlled by habit. If you want to change your life, you have to start by changing how you think. When you change you, everything in life changes. If we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. We become what we think about, and the story we tell ourselves is the one that starts to manifest into our results. And if you want different results, you have to tell yourself a different story. Welcome, everybody. My name is Todd Bowerly. I'm a mindset and success coach. I work with clients all over the world, teaching them how their mind works so that they can learn how to think differently and improve every area of their life. We're talking about career, relationships, business, everything related to wealth, health, and happiness. This is episode zero. I'm calling it episode zero for a couple of reasons. First off, I can make mistakes, and it's okay because it's, it's episode zero. But there's two more important reasons. I want you to get to know me. I want you to hear my story of where I came from and where I've ended up. I want you to understand what I've come from because the information I'm going to share throughout the course of this podcast to help you understand yourself and take control of your life, I'm, I'm either full of shit or I have the very thing that you've been looking for in your life. And the only way you're going to know that is to hear my story. But number two, I also want to inspire you. I want you to be able to say, wow, if Todd can overcome these challenges, then what am I capable of? And that's really the whole point of all of this. Everybody is dealt their own unique hand in this life. The conditions and circumstances of everyone's life is different. And life is not about only being able to win the game if you were given a different hand. It's about playing the hand that you've been dealt to the best of your ability. And so to that end, the details of one person's life are going to vary dramatically from the details of another person's life. The conditions and circumstances are as varied as there are people. It's all of those things that happen to us that sort of make us who we are and make up our stories. And I've had a lot of people who say, well, Todd, it must be so easy for you than it is for me. And I'm going to bust that myth right now because I want to share the stories of my abuse, the sexual abuse, the emotional abuse, the physical abuse, not in a whole lot of detail. I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I want you to see hopefully pretty accurately where I came from. Because we all have the ability to think. And when we learn how to think, we can unlock that unique power and greatness in us. I was in kindergarten when I recall the first instance of sexual abuse from a peer. I must have said something to my mom about it because she told me later in life that she didn't let me hang out with that boy anymore. But I had extensive abuse 
between fourth grade and sixth grade that was sometimes daily that I never told anybody about until I was getting therapy myself uh, as an adult even. And, and I think my wife was one of the first people I ever confided in. So I, I, I thought there was something wrong with me just even from those experiences. I also had a poor relationship with my body. Um, I, I wasn't very physical. In fact, uh, I had a PE coach in elementary school. Now, this was the 1980s, so it was very different. But he was incredibly emotionally abusive. He would scream at me at the top of his lungs in an angry way, calling me a wimp in front of my entire grade on more than one occasions. Like I'd be running around the track and wheezing and be scared and be self-conscious, and he'd be screaming that in front of everybody. So I, I also had this incident in second grade where my t-ball coach pinched my stomach and said, well, what's happening here, Todd? I can pinch an inch. And at that second, something happened inside of me. I, I knew that there was something wrong with me, that I had proof uh, in being overweight and that I was fat. And that was my identity from that point. So I have this emotional abuse around my physical body, this sexual abuse around my physical body. And I'm walking around with this energy of victim mentality in elementary school. And it's, it's like open season on Todd growing up. I had all kinds of fights, people making fun of me and kids are absolute. I mean, kids are kids, but Kids can be absolutely cruel. And so I had all of this going on, and I would make myself sick in elementary school because I didn't want to go to school. I was not safe. It was a very unsafe place for me. And this carried over into other areas of my life. So I have this, I've had this problem with best friends. Sometimes my best friends became my closest abusers, or I had friends that you know, grew up and parted ways and I took that personally, or I had other friends that I thought maybe betrayed me until even in my adulthood. And this is the thing I want you to pay attention to. If there are, are themes in your life of the same thing happening over and over again, that means you haven't dealt with that energy. So the final way that this energy showed up for me was my best friend as an adult, the one who I thought would never betray me, was diagnosed with inoperable terminal brain cancer and he died in 2018. So now I'm like, even God takes away my friends and allies from me. But this spilled into areas of work as well. Almost every single boss I've ever had has been horribly emotionally abusive and had me in tears. And, you know, when I go back and think about high school, I was very lonely. I was suicidal. And there's one time in particular where uh, I, I remember calling my mom at work, I had a knife in my hand and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. She rushed home and did the best that she could. She took me to see a spiritual leader. Now, this was a Jewish rabbi. His name was Michael in Scottsdale, Arizona. And, uh, you know, I don't practice Judaism, but we would go to these spiritual teachings. And this was, it marked the point of trying to make sense of my life or trying to heal and seeking for an answer. And he told me this. He said, you have to make friends with yourself. You have to make friends with your body. You have to make friends with yourself. And these words 
rattled around in my mind. It was about 16 at the time. They rattled around in my mind for decades, unable to really make sense of them. So that's where it came from in young adulthood. But as I got older, I still felt like an outcast. I still felt self-conscious. And even though some things in life started to work out for me, I mean, I found religion. I did meet my wife, Jennifer, and we got married in 2001. I went to school really again seeking I started in, in psychology, and I ended up graduating summa cum laude from Arizona State with a degree in family and human development. But now these problems started to bleed over to my professional life. So I didn't get into grad school at first, and the only jobs that I had available were things that paid $8 an hour after graduating almost top of my class. And and now this this... Anxiety and stress turned into, I'm not worth very much. And you could see that in the income I was earning. In about 2006, my wife and I moved from Arizona to Utah, and we started working in therapeutic group homes for youth. And these youth, in the beginning, they were sex offenders as well. They were also victims of that abuse. Like anybody in any cycle, as a victim, sometimes you perpetrate it. And so I worked with these youth, I worked with younger youth for several years. And I will tell you what, it was powerful to connect with youth and families and help improve their lives. But I'll tell you a little secret about this type of industry, the social work industry. It attracts some of the most abusive bosses out there. I had horrible experiences from the most toxic, narcissistic, I think psychopathic individuals I've ever met in my life where I'm trying to work from a place of heart-centeredness, and I was beaten down even more. And so all of that culminated in becoming very, very sick in 2010. The doctors had no idea what was wrong with me. They thought maybe I had a brain tumor or my internal organs were shutting down. They tried to find out what was happening, and they finally realized it's stress and anxiety. My body was shutting down. Because I couldn't handle the work environment. I couldn't handle the stress. I couldn't cope with life anymore. So I, I went to my employer. We tried to work out some different things. And in the end, they said, really, the only job that I was fit for was mowing the grass. Now, I had a lot of conflict with them, but finally ended up just parting ways. This was in 2010. And my second son was about to be born. We'd been in our house for about a year. I was unemployed. My wife continued to work for that incredibly toxic uh, agency. And now things started to affect my marriage. My marriage started falling apart. And it was incredibly contentious. Incredibly contentious. We started getting therapy a few years later. And I'm talking couples therapy, individual therapy, family therapy with the kids. Like we did everything. And this was probably the lowest point of my entire life where everything just about fell apart. And I don't even know how we made it through that stage. I was receiving assistance from the state. We were receiving food orders from our church. Uh, I had someone slip a hundred dollars under our, under our door once because they knew we had hard times. Uh, we had people drop off a Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, we did not have enough money to eat. I, I literally don't know how we made it. 
so that's the lowest point of my life. And things actually uh, got worse. But about the same time, I got my first job as a coach. I started working for Utah's Department of Workforce Services in 2012. I was coaching other people getting back to work. And something inside me took off. You know, I, I had relative freedom to be able to help people the way that I thought was best. I had a great skill set for communicating and for words. Uh, I was very skilled with resumes and interviewing. Like something happened in me at that point in time. I, I found what I was most passionate about. Uh, but I wasn't earning hardly any money. I mean, I started earning $14.42 an hour when I first got this position. Unbelievable. And my benefits were nothing to really rave about. And a few years later, in 2017, by the time I left, I was earning barely over $35,000 a year. Now, that's not a lot of money for someone that graduated summa cum laude uh, and who is highly skilled at helping other people get jobs. There was a major disconnect in my life. How can I help someone earn $150,000 a year in a new job and I'm stuck earning $35,000 a year? So even though I was highly skilled and loved what I was doing for work, my self-worth was even lower than before because now I could really see the, dis the disparity. Now, you might think I wasn't a good coach, but I was. I wrote a lot of their curriculum, developed a lot of their workshops, uh, and... I even, I remember I would have people from like rural Utah call me and say, Todd, the CEO just came in and I'm not sure how to help him. And I would coach the coach on how to coach the client, right? So I had that reputation with people that I've never even met in person. It was amazing. So it sounds like things are improving and they were. Uh, the therapy was helping with our relationship. I was starting to have meaning in my career, even though I wasn't earning really any money. So what happened to make it worse? In 2015, my wife was diagnosed with a brain tumor the size of a lemon. And she had to be rushed into emergency surgery and have it removed within 24 hours. I'll shortcut the story and say the tumor was benign. The doctors removed nearly all of it. A few years later, she had some radiation but she hasn't worked since then, and it has been a very long road of recovery. But in that moment, this was going on. My three-year-old, several weeks prior to this diagnosis, and we had no idea there was anything wrong with her. It came out of the complete blue. But my three-year-old had these nightmares that mommy was going to die. And we thought they were just out of the blue. But here we have this diagnosis, and at the lowest part of my life, here, I'm looking at, I'm going to lose my wife. Um, I'm earning $35,000 a year. So there's no way I can keep the house because we don't have any life insurance. And so my, I'm going to fail my kids in this tremendous way. They're going to lose their mom. They're going to lose their house. I don't know where we're going to live. I don't know what's going to happen. It was the darkest day of my life. And it was also the most beautiful gift I could have ever received in my entire life. Here's what happened. I contacted another spiritual mentor at the time. 
and he came out to see us and was counseling with me privately. And I was telling him about all of my fears. And he said, Todd, you don't have any energy for that kind of thinking right now. Instead, you need to come up with something that you say to yourself to keep your mind on what you want. Something like, I am so happy and grateful now that the doctors found this tumor by accident that they could remove it so that it will never be a problem again and Jennifer will be a better wife and a better mother because of it. He told me I should write it down. He said I should repeat it in my mind. He said I should say it in the mirror before I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning. And there was something about his confidence that jarred me out of my apathy and doomsday misery. That night when it was the night before the surgery, we said prayers with our kids over a video chat. They went to bed and I, I went upstairs and my mind started swirling and I said, stop. I got up and I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I said that sentence over and over again until something felt better on the inside. I am so happy and grateful now that the doctors found this tumor by accident that they can remove it right away so it will never be a problem for the rest of Jennifer's life and she will be a better wife and a better mother because of it. I said it over and over and over until I felt a little bit better and then I went to sleep. I got up very early the next morning to go to the hospital to see her before the surgery and I set it in the mirror again. I kept it in my mind while I was seeing her, I kept it in my mind in the waiting room, and I kept it in my mind throughout the entire recovery period. And to this day, and this was in 2015, so we are seven years later, to this day, I can confidently tell you I am so happy and grateful that the doctors found that tumor by accident the way they did, that they were able to immediately remove it so it would never be a problem again and I will also tell you this, my wife is a better wife and a better mother because of that. But even more important, I am a better person because of that incident. It was my lowest moment when I thought everything was going to fall apart and it has been the greatest blessing in my life. You see, what appears to be a challenge is oftentimes our greatest opportunity. But beyond that, I think this. You have the power to make your life whatever it can be. And if you are unaware of that power in your life, or if you are unwilling to step into that power, life gets more and more difficult. The circumstances and conditions that you attract and create in your life become more and more difficult until it is a breaking point where something must change in your life. And really that thing that needs to change is you. You need to change in your life. And you can either choose to do it willingly or you can wait like I did until circumstances became unbearable. And I could not live life that way anymore. I had to do something different. And maybe you've heard the saying that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Well, the teacher for me was a man named Bob Proctor. And his spiritual mentor of mine, his name was Tony. He coached Bob Proctor's material. Now, 
I didn't have any idea who Bob Proctor was. And if you would have asked me what the law of attraction was or any of this stuff, what manifesting was, I would tell you I have no idea what you're talking about. I had been reading things like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey or The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker or Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Some of these more contemporary voices of thought leadership were things that I was attracted to, but like they just sounded like good ideas. I wasn't really a student of it. The man that changed everything for me was Mr. Bob Proctor. And here's how that happened. The recovery for Jennifer took maybe about two years. And in the middle of that, the following summer, summer of 2016, I, I, I literally don't even know how we made it that far. Again, I had help from the church. I mean, I help from some family members. Um, it was not like we had any savings or anything. We didn't have, like, I don't, I don't know how we made it, but we made it to the following summer. And I am trying my best to use all of my skills and abilities to find a different job. And I had a conversation with this spiritual mentor who I hired to become my coach, my first coach. And we were having a conversation about career. And he said, do you want to know why $35,000 is the most amount of money you've ever made in your life? Yeah, please tell me so I know what to change. He said, it's because that's what you believe you are worth. I've never had a truer statement said to me in my entire life. I, I, I couldn't deny it. In that moment, I saw my history of abuse and neglect and bosses and all of those things compound into not feeling like I was worth having more than I had. And I said, well, how do I change it? He said, you have to have a goal. You have to have a dream. Something that you are working towards. I'm like, what? You have to have something, and this is what he said, you have to have something like, I am so happy and grateful now that, and like, I froze. Because there's that phrase, there's that peculiar phrase I never heard anyone else say. I am so happy and grateful now that, and part of my mind tuned out because I was remembering the hospital when he shared those words with me. And I was remembering the power those words had in my life and those affirmations came true. I saw them coming true in my life. And at that moment, I said, I've got to learn more. I've got to learn more. And he shared this with me. And I want you to play this little game too. I'm going to share the conversation the way he did with me, with you. How you think and how you act is based on habit. And you don't put a lot of thought into what you think. For example, when you get dressed in the morning and you go to put on your pants, do you put on your left leg or your right leg first? I want you to think about it the way I did. Well, I told him, what? Put in my right leg. Because I close my eyes and visualize and go, you know what? My right leg comes off the ground and into my pant hole first every single day. He asked, you want to know why that is? I said, well, is it because I'm right-handed? And he said, no. Is it because I'm right-legged? He said, no. There's no such thing as leggedness. He said, you have kids and you get your kids dressed in the morning, right? Yeah, I do. And when you get them dressed, you hold their pants out in front of them and you get one leg hole ready, right? And you hold it out to them and they go to give you a leg and you say, no, not that leg, the other leg. I said, what? 
Yeah, you say, not that leg, the other leg. And I started laughing. Yeah, it happens all the time. He's like, exactly. It happens the next day. You can hold out the, you probably hold out the exact same pant leg every single day, right? Yep, I do. And they don't get it, right? Until you get frustrated or angry with them and say, not that leg, the other leg. Until finally one day they put out the right leg to go in the right pant hole or the left, whichever one you hold out, right? The correct one, according to you. He said, your parents did the same thing to you. And I will tell you guys that how you get dressed in the morning has more to do with how your parents dressed you than your choice. Oh my gosh, my entire mind was blown at that. This is a very simple thing, but the connections were immediately clear to me. I saw that my whole life was a replication or a duplication of the lives of my parents. Now I had a fabulous temper and I had this gift of finding the negative in everything. Well, those traits were from my father. Now, I had uncontrollable anxiety. I mean, it made me sick, right? What well, happened to my mom? My mom had a panic attack and retired early. Um, my mom always worried about finances and never had enough money. And I had those same things. My whole life was a magnification or this, this remarkable blend of the challenges from my parents and that everything I was frustrated with or felt trapped by wasn't mine to begin with. I can't begin to tell you what this did to my mind. I couldn't even sleep that night because I, I was thinking this, boy, if I could have control over my mind, what would my life look like? That was such an exciting idea to me. And I kept playing with it and I got more and more energy from thinking that way. It was so exciting. But here's the thing. My, I asked my coach, what do I need to do to learn more about this? And he said, well, this is what I do for my profession now. And it's $5,000 to go through my coaching program. And I freaked out because I was like, oh, my gosh, how in the world am I going to pay for this? I earn $35,000 a year. We don't have any savings. But I really want to do this. And so I went to go talk to my wife and said, this is what Tony's does, and this is what he says we could do. And she says, I think we should do it. I went, holy crap. Like in my mind, I didn't tell her this, but in my mind, I'm like, I went to you, Jennifer, to get me off the hook to say, no, we can't afford this. So I could tell him no, because I didn't have the courage to tell him no myself, because I really wanted it. And my mind started spinning. I'm like, okay, we had, we closed down my wife's 401k. There wasn't a lot of money in there. Uh, we paid off some of the smaller medical bills. I had $2,000 left off and five figures of medical debt from our surgery. And we could have taken that $2,000 and thrown it at the five figures. And we still would have had five figures of medical debt. So it, like, it didn't matter. I could throw it all away at medical debt. Or I could take $2,000 and put it towards coaching. Well, where am I going to get the other $3,000? And at the same week, the same week, my mom called me. My mom lives in northern Michigan. And she knew that we were struggling and I didn't have any vacation time because I was at every doctor's appointment for Jen. So we weren't going back there. She instead was going to come out to visit us and rent out her place longer. And she said, I want to give you the money for half of the money for the time when you would normally be up here. And that's about $3,000. And I told Jen, I'm like, how in the world do we have the exact amount of money that this coaching requires. 
And I, like my mind was racing because it felt stupid. It felt reckless. It felt like it could be the worst financial decision I could make in my life at that moment. And something inside me said I had to do it. Now, we didn't tell anybody that we were doing this, right? Like I, I, I didn't tell my parents. I didn't tell my mom what I was using the money on. We didn't talk to my wife's parents. I didn't even talk to friends or anything um, I, because it was silly. It was stupid. It was just the stupidest idea in the world. And it's that idea that has made everything else possible. So we, we paid for the coaching and started this program. And I remember looking through the first videos and saying, well, this kind of makes sense, but I don't get it. We, we just paid for this. I don't understand. But I was told to study things in a specific way. And I will get into that in future episodes with you about how you need to be studying these words and these concepts and these ideas. And I, I did the work. I did whatever was asked of me. I did everything that Bob Proctor suggested to do and everything that my coach told me to do. I was his best student, Tony told me. I was his best student. And you want to know why? Because I couldn't afford the investment. I couldn't afford it. It was one-seventh of my annual income. My wife had not yet received Social Security benefits, so we were living on assistance, really, is how we were doing things. And I did the work because I couldn't waste this opportunity anymore. And because I did the work exactly as I was told, amazing things started happening in my life. I started to change. Within a few months... I had someone that wanted me to consult for them. A doctor's office wanted to, me to consult for them. Uh, I had other people come out of the woodwork of saying they wanted coaching for me. I, I attended a small business class, and in that small business class, I received this lightning bolt, almost like a revelation that I had to quit my job and start working for myself. How was I going to do that? I had no idea, but I was using this material from Bob Proctor to reprogram my mind and build up the courage to quit, and I did. I did. In fact, I wrote my resignation letter in April and kept it in my desk for that month and into May until June when I gave my boss that letter. My last day was going to be June 30th of 2017. And while this information was working on me, I started sharing it with my coaching clients through my employment with the state. And you know what was amazing? Their lives started to change too. I had people that were on assistance get triple their salary. I had people finding dream jobs in fields that they had been disconnected with for a long time. It was amazing. I would have clients call me in tears telling me that I helped save their life because they were struggling so much. It was a culmination of all of these beautiful experiences that gave me the faith to quit my job and start my own career coaching practice in July of 2017. So what I did initially was I helped people with their resumes, with their LinkedIn pages. Uh, I developed a, a coaching curriculum for career transition. And um, boy, it was a rocky road. I think I earned a couple hundred bucks in August and maybe a little over a thousand in, uh, in September. Not very much in October to a point where I almost quit. But my wife, who'd been with me on this journey, who'd gone through the same coaching with Bob Proctor said, Todd, I think we're so close. I think you just have to keep persevering because I almost walked away from this. And if I had, I wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be listening to this now. 
But I doubled down in October on my studies. I really got control over my mind. I used all of the knowledge and awareness that I had at that time. And I replaced my income in November. And I earned double that in December. And I had my first five-figure month the following February. All told, my first year in business, I earned almost three times my annual salary from starting my own business. I went from $35,000 a year to around 90. I mean, I think we were a little over 90. It was a rem- it was my life changed like night and day. It was amazing. And it didn't stop there. I wondered what the world happened to me. How did this happen? How did I get such a dramatic change? And it was the coaching from Bob Proctor. So, in 2018, I decided that I was going to become a certified consultant with the Proctor Gallagher Institute and be trained by Bob to teach his material to the world. And that's what I did. Now, the scary part was that investment was over $30,000. So it was almost my entire previous annual salary, that the money that I didn't have at that time, that it took me to become certified. So I went from being scared about $5,000 to being terrified about spending thirty. Oh my gosh. But there was something in my heart that, that knew I had to do it. And I remember being on the call where I, I made the commitment and I felt like I was holding onto the side of a stream and, and the river was running faster and faster. And then I just had to let go and let what I wanted carry me forward. I had to surrender to the stream and let my desire guide me. And I tell you what, it has been an amazing journey. It's also been the hardest part of my journey because if you're going to help out someone else's spiritual crap and energetic stuff and you're going to help out someone else's thinking, boy, you better make sure that your own thinking is on point. And so I have had to do more work since becoming a consultant on my mindset to be able to help and serve others better. And that leads you to some very dark moments at the same time. But all of it's been beautiful because over time, my perception of myself has changed. How I view myself and what I view myself being worth, not just in terms of money, but in terms of life and quality of life has changed dramatically. I have released a ton of weight. Uh, That journey's not over yet, but I was almost 300 pounds and on anxiety and depression meds around 2017 when I started this journey. And, you know, so I've released uh, about 50 pounds. Uh, I haven't been on any medication. My marriage is so much better. The quality of life with my children is incredible. And all of those changes happened before my income changed. Yes, I quit my job and I, I tripled my salary right away. But now I've earned my old annual income in a month's time. I mean, I've actually done that in a week's time. Now, I'm not bragging when I say that. I'm not saying it to impress you, but I want to impress upon you the changes that happened in my life. Because all of our results in the outer world, they're a reflection of what's going on in our thinking and our energy in the inner world. And there is no doubt that I changed my inner world for sure. When I first hired my coach, and started studying Bob Proctor's material for the first time long before I became a consultant, I set a goal for myself. 
to earn six figures a year and spend long summers at a family cottage in northern Michigan on Lake Michigan. Growing up, my mom was a teacher, and we got to spend very long summers back there. Even though my dad was in Arizona at the time, and he couldn't join us but for two weeks, we spent every summer back in Michigan. They were the most abundant time in my life. Not only did I want that time again, I wanted that for my children. I wanted them to have the same experience. And that goal has come true over and over again. I mean, less than a year later, I had quit my job to start working for myself. Hadn't earned any money yet, but I spent about three weeks at the cottage, the longest I'd spent since I was 16 and worked in the grocery store up in that little town. The following year after that, well, I earned more money and I spent about four weeks. The year after that, I had earned the six-figure salary from my company and Uh, Man, I think we spent five weeks back there. And then in 2020, I earned my annual income in a month sitting on the beach there. And we spent 10 weeks back there. It was the first time, my birthday's in August. It was the first time I spent my birthday at the cottage since I was a little kid. It was amazing. So I know that you can become whatever you want, that you can achieve whatever you want. Because the crowning jewel of achievement that I've had so far in my life, and I still feel like I'm just beginning, was I wanted to become one of Bob Proctor's top consultants. I wanted to be a world-recognized leader of his legacy. And in 2021... I earned that honor. I was recognized as part of his inner circle and circle of excellence. He awarded me this silver pin in recognition of the work that I've done with my clients. And in this virtual ceremony, because of COVID, he asked me, he said, Todd, if you were working with someone that was just beginning, what would you tell them? And my answer was this. And if you're listening to this, I'm speaking to you right now. You are more than that voice in your head that tells you you are not good enough and that you can't or that you are not worthy of receiving more in your life. You are a spiritual being. You have unlimited potential. And your job in this life is to tap into that potential and express it to express all that you are. You, you are not that voice in your head. You are a much greater being than that. And then Bob told me, he said, that's the truth. Because that voice, that voice is your conditioning. That voice is your paradigm. It's your programming. And if you do not learn how to overcome that voice, you cannot enjoy a greater life. And that is why I do what I do. Because of the change that I've seen in my life, not just in my life and not just with my wife, but my children and the life that they are having. My kids manifest incredible things all of the time. I am blessed to get messages from my clients all the time about the remarkable changes that have happened in their life. It is the motivation that is in everything I do in my waking life. 
it's the reason I have so much incredible fun on TikTok, connecting with people and sharing this knowledge. And why, when I had another mentor tell me that every week that you do not do a podcast is a week you can't get back, I realized I had to commit to doing this every week to help you guys out. So if you've been listening to this today and you've made it all the way through my story, I really hope that there's been some piece of my struggle that has resonated with you. I, I may not know exactly what it is like to live in your shoes, but I can promise you, no matter what the conditions and circumstances you have in your life, you have the gift and power of a mind that when you learn how to control it, you will gain the control you are seeking in every area of your life. If you have a goal or a dream or a vision of what you want your life to be like, I promise you can bring that into reality. You can create that. And it's a lot easier than you think. I promise that. It's, it's this programming and conditioned worthlessness that thinks it's too hard or too late or too difficult to make a change. You can, I promise you can make a change. There is a better life waiting for you. The catch is you have to become that better person first. And my commitment is to share with you as much of the knowledge and information I possibly have to help that journey become faster and easier and more enjoyable for you. That's, I think, the real purpose of this life. The real purpose of this life is joy, to experience joy in our journey of growth. So if this has made an impact, I implore you to subscribe, to share, to come back. Episode one officially should already be up right now. So I want you to be able to jump in right away and start learning all of the secrets that you need to reprogram your mind. Thanks, everybody. I'll see you in the next episode.